You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing water quality and the challenges dental practices face when dealing with dental unit water lines. Our guest and expert in the field is Jim Chandler. He has nearly 40 years of experience in water treatment technologies, was the founder and president of Vista Research Group, which was recently acquired by Crostex International. Jim, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Well, thank you, Phil. It's my pleasure to be here. Why should a dental practice even think about water quality? Well, you know, in a dental practice, there are three things that you have to have or you're not going to be in the dental practice, and that's vacuum, air, and water. And um, all three of them need to be of high quality. So water, be it fed through a dental bottle, independent bottle, or whether you're using some kind of municipal connection with filtration or some kind of treatment, it's extremely important or you're going to end up with technical problems, either contamination or you're going to end up with uh, hand pieces and such that you're going to wish you to had proper treated water. So the city water that's being treated, um, you're basically saying that that's not obviously not satisfactory to be imported into the workings of a dental office. Yes, in large part, unless it's to the, you know, the kitchenette sink and things like that. Um, you know, water is treated in so many different ways. There's so many different water sources throughout the country, 350 metropolitan areas and thousands and thousands of other smaller communities that work from community wells. They use reservoirs, they have deep wells, shallow wells. And the, the nature of water from coast to coast and north to south is going to vary greatly. In the, in the southwest, you're going to have very, very high hardness and high total dissolved solids, as you will in certain parts of California and, and the Midwest. And then on the coastal areas in New England, you've got very low TDS, but you've got also issues with low pH, uh, turbidity or physical solids in the water, silt, sand, uh, and so you also then have dissolved solids. So you're going to have a myriad of potential combinations. And really, most of the time, certainly for water lines and absolutely in your stereo center, you have to have treated water. Yeah, it seems like it'd be good if it was like a interactive map that you guys put up somewhere where um, the dentist can go to the interactive map and click on the town he lives in and it could tell him all the problems with the water. You know, that's a great idea, Phil, but there's one problem in that what EPA requires people uh, in these city um, city water departments to report really doesn't have to do so much with the aesthetic. It has to do with the health. And so they have to be tracking things like chlorine, chloramines, uh, trihalomethanes, lead, arsenic, barium, chromium, selenium. Those kinds of things that are in the water are not going to be the things that are going to be caused for damage, let's say, in a practice. So it's some of the secondary contaminants that the EPA doesn't really concern themselves too much about, and therefore then the municipalities don't report on. So if you want to know what the pH, total dissolved solids, and things like that are of a particular community, it's going to be very difficult to grab them. And you can have almost oases uh, of good quality water within a bad area or vice versa. Wow. Depends on the source again. Well, that's good to know. So Testing is very important to do. The testing, yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if I'm I'm a dentist and I have a dental practice or I just bought one or I moved into a new area and setting another one up and I'm told that the area around me is nothing but hard water. And I know what that's mm -hmm. like because I used to live in San Diego for 15 years and the water was, okay. <laughs> talk about mineralized water. And if that's the case, why does that matter for dental practice? 
Well, it, it matters in many ways. Now, with regard to water lines, dental water lines, you can't just typically use any more just a city water. You have to use a filtered, chemically treated, or a bottle-type water in your dental bottles with antimicrobials and cleaners and things like that. So in the other parts of your practice, however, in sterilization center, um, certainly you have to use a distilled quality or deionized water, as we call it, in your autoclaves. Otherwise, when the, when the unit turns the water that's used in there to steam, everything that was in the water as a dissolved solid is going to drop out as a particle. And so there's where you have you know, coating of your instruments, uh, destruction of the unit. So you have to use that grade of water. And then with other aspects of the Steri Center, like with your instrument washer, your um, ultrasonics, those kinds of things, really you need to have a, a better quality water uh, so that it doesn't plate out and the high heat is used when you're running things through the instrument washer, through the sterilizer. You'll end up plating out these things on your instruments, on, on your packs, and, and eventually you're going to destroy them and you're going to destroy your machine. Mm -hmm. Is purchasing bottled water a solution or that's not really realistic? Well, I think it is depending on the size of your practice. Um, I think if you've got you know, a, a two-person operation, doctor and an assistant or two, and you have two or three operatories, you could use a very small scale, go ahead and purchase your distilled quality water for your autoclaves and a better quality water for other uses. Um, however, when you get into much larger operations with many, many uh, instrument washers, uh, cycles, or uh, lots of autoclave, uh, it, you're going to have a lot more in the way of human capital and sending people to stores, and that's going to become very uh, inefficient. So in-house treatment of some kind is probably going to be the best case for about 80 to 90% of the practices. When it comes to bottled water, um, it's not really practical to buy bottled water for the units, for the actual clinical dentistry, right? Well, you can, um, but they're going to almost always have to be treated because there's no biological uh, measure unless you're buying sterile water and no practice could afford to buy sterile water. And as soon as you transfer it into an independent dental bottle, uh, you're going to have contamination almost instantly because there's no um, dental delivery unit. The way they're designed with the high and low speed hand pieces, air water syringes, uh, quick disconnects, there's such a massive network of small diameter tubing that there's no way to keep ahead of that. So Regardless, you don't want to have distilled quality water in most cases because distilled quality is very corrosive. And so that's what you would use generally in your autoclaves because you really need to have everything out of it. And they're built to take it. But the dental delivery units are a, a mixed bag of uh, metal components and plastics and silicone and such. So you've got nickel and brass and zinc. These will all be attacked uh, slowly, but albeit slowly, but uh, eventually over time, you're going to have corrosion on the inside of your systems. Yeah, and a better quality water would be one that has reduced TDS in it, or let's say in practice, uh, a reverse osmosis type system. But that, of course, then can't be used in your autoclaves because generally speaking, it's not going to be high enough quality because you're not going to get enough of the TDS out. So if somebody doesn't want to use bottles, uh, you can use um, a direct filtration process. Um, and if you say, no, we want to use bottles, well, then there's another product that does a reverse osmosis type 
hyperfiltration and deionization. So you get several grades of water, one of which you can use in your ultrasonics and in your dental bottles. Uh, and any distilled quality or deionized would then go into your autoclaves. But in every case, you really have to have either a maintenance type of antimicrobial, uh, be it like with iodine, uh, silver, chlorhexidine, uh, chlorine dioxide kinds of products in your water lines at all times during patient care, or you can, and or you can use more aggressive cleaners that would be used when patients aren't present, like a peroxide-based or chlorine dioxide cleaner to really clean the lines out on a regular basis. So but testing is all important. Right. So regular maintenance, if you're cleaning the lines on a regular basis, you may not need to drop in some of these antimicrobial agents like iodine, for instance, like you were saying, as long as the lines are regularly cleaned. Well, yes, that's that's potentially true, but it all really boils down to the water quality, the age of the dental delivery unit and the tubings. Um, are they doing their CDC recommended purges in the morning and between patients? Um, so persistent antimicrobial is, is one of the things that's probably uh, maybe best suited for somebody because if you slip up on your maintenance protocol, um, you know, the water lines can get away from you and you, you will not probably be within the less than 500 CFA that you'd like to be. Mm -hmm. So would uh, a representative from Crosstex serve as, a, as an advisor to a dental office to help that office either get up to speed or implement a brand new water system for all the different aspects sure. of their office? What, tell us a little bit about that. Well, Crosstex has uh, a number of sales representatives that they use that are highly trained in the products that they sell. And of course, they generally sell through uh, dental dealers. Mm -hmm. So between the equipment representatives, the field uh, sales consultants and the Crosstex people, they certainly have a, a wonderful protocol uh, for implementing proper infection control and water technologies in the offices and combination of like say the iodine type product, the filtration type products to make sure that water throughout the office as well as all the other things that they sell with regard to masks and other kinds of infection control uh, products. So the dentist really needs to bring someone on the retail sales level just to tell them what they're deficient in and then possibly bring on a manufacturer with additional expertise to decide exactly what's needed and set up a strategy for the office. And then at that point, the retail sales rep can facilitate the sale and installation of the equipment. I assume that's how it works. That's exactly right. And these folks are, are well-trained to come into, let's say, a three-op office or a 27-op office or multiple doctors. Um, you've got city water. You certainly are going to want to avoid, in most cases, like a well water situation because really that is an un uncertain water supply that's not protected typically by your chlorine, chlorine and chloramine type uh, treatments that municipal waters would do. So what type of equipment do you have? Do you have a preference to use bottles or not use bottles? Um, what kind of autoclaves do you have? I mean, we even have equipment that will automatically fill your autoclaves directly with the proper uh, water and, all, and have other products that will take the wastewater away from your autoclaves instead of having to put them in condenser bottles and things like that. So I think it, the, these folks are well trained to listen to the doctor and find out what it is they want and fill in the holes where they don't know what they need and then come up with a, you know, an efficient 
uh, plan for that office. You know, that's that's very important. The, the water situation, just with maintaining infection control across the board and maintaining your equipment, that's not, you know, cheap. I mean, this stuff is not inexpensive, some of the things that they're buying out there. No, so. it, it is not. And so, you know, you've got one tray of instruments, you know, four or $5,000, you know, that you're running through your instrument washer or your ultrasonic and then putting it in your autoclave. So that's one aspect, and that type of water. Then you've got the dental water lines going through the delivery unit and to your scalers and such. So, yeah, it, it, you don't, I don't want to make it sound like it's, oh my gosh, you know, you'll never figure this out. It's not complicated. It's just, it's confusing right. uh, to someone that's not doing it all the time. And there are definitely answers and you can use a purely chemistry answer. You can use inline filter answers. You can use system answers. Um, again, it just boils down to what, what is the design of that office? What are their goals? And there's usually a product or a blend of products that will help them take a big chunk of that infection control pain away. Yeah, excellent, excellent information. <clears throat> to our listeners, we're talking to Jim Chandler. He has over 40 years of experience in water treatment technologies. He found he was the founder and president of Vista Research Group. And congratulations to you. Your company was purchased by Crostex International. Um, and that's Crostex is owned by a large holding company, right? Cantel Medical. <laughs> Correct. Can't yeah. medical. Right. And that just transacted in uh, January of 2018. Yeah. So congratulations. Um, I think Thank I saw you. one of your units at the Chicago dental show at your booth. I, I think I also saw one of the units at a, another company called Sican, which is owned by Coltine. They had it feeding water into their autoclave. It was a small portable water. I'm pretty sure that was your unit that was in there. Yes, they probably have a number of patents that they did purchase for the Vista Clear system for water lines. The Vista Pure is for yeah. fitting out the sterilization center. Yeah, it was Vista Pure. That's what it was, Vista Pure. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And then there's the Vista Cool in various sizes and shapes that will accept the very steamy hot water from autoclaves that will cool it automatically and send it down the drain so that the user does not have to any longer pick up hot steamy bottles. Yeah. So once you sell your company, you take your patents and you frame them and put them on the wall. Is that part of uh, <laughs> part of this? <laughs> sure. Exactly. Well, that's what they were interested in, and it, and it's they're wonderful people, great company. Yeah. And we're pleased to be a part of it now. Yeah. Well, hold on to the original patents. It's always a nice uh, way of uh, restoring posterity uh, down the road. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good one, Jim. Uh, we we have Jim Chandler on another um, podcast coming up. And I'm talking to our listeners, so um, we look forward to that one. That's going to be called Zap the Tap, and we'll have that on too. That's uh, a catchy name, and that probably has to do with, um, I think you're talking about stereocenters. So we'll, we'll be doing that one shortly. So until next one, Jim, uh, have a good one. Thank you very much for your time. Bill, thank you. It was my pleasure.